Paul's been talking about our walk with the Lord and how our lives ought to be different from the world. And Paul gave us two uh, commandments or two examples actually uh, in our study last week about um, really the non-believer and secondly, the, a second example is about a Jesus Christ himself. And we were given specific commandments uh, as a believer if we desire this steady walk with the Lord. And Paul uh, tonight is going to give us two more specific aspects about our walk with the Lord. And so let's just read Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1. It says, Therefore be imitators of God as dear children, and walk in love, as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma, but fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness, let it not even be named among you as is fitting for saints, neither filthiness nor foolish jesting, or I'm sorry, talking nor coarse jesting, which are not fitting, but rather giving of thanks." For this you know, that no fornicator, unclean person, nor covetous man who is an idolater has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Let no one deceive you with empty words. For because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not be partakers with them. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Finding out what is acceptable to the Lord, and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. But all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light. For whatever makes manifest is light. Therefore, he says, awake you who sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. So just reading this, uh, these two sections, it's pretty obvious what Paul is, is uh, dealing with here. Uh, it's very, very clear. And really, this entire section really begins with verse 1, uh, giving us a command to be what? Number 1 in verse 1, to be followers with Christ. And notice uh, followers of God. It says, therefore, be imitators of God as dear children. So therefore, uh, in other words, linking the previous section to the, the, the this section right here, uh, therefore, be imitators of God. What does that mean? Well, the, the Bible says in Ephesians 4.32, it says, And be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. So since God is kind to us, since God is tender-hearted toward us, since God is forgiving uh, and forgave us, right, uh, we are to be following God's example. Thus, that's what Ephesians 5 verse 1 says. Be imitators of God. Follow his examples thus, right? So we're to be followers of God. By the way, the word followers uh, means, uh, by the way, it's used not seven times in the New Testament. It means a copying or a mimic, right? Uh, uh, and so we're to be co a copy or mimic God's example as it pertains to really who he is and what he does. And specifically in being tender-hearted and 
uh, kind to one another, forgiving one another. Those are uh, very powerful things uh, if the Lord uh, does that in your life. But we need God's grace in order to accomplish those things in our lives. And, and we know we should do those things, but the reason, why? What, what is the reason why we should do those things? The end of verse 1 gives us the answer. Notice it says in verse 1, it's because we are his dear children. By the way, this word dear, uh, agapeo, it means a beloved child of God, right? We are born with the same type of this agape love of God, and he is our beloved father. So now normally children follow in the, their footsteps of their father, and we're, we're setting an example, whether we know it, like it or not, uh, for somebody else in our lives. We're, we're being an example, and, and our, you know, our kids, they want to walk like us, they want to talk like us, they're going to dress like us. Um, Malachi, my son, just uh, last week just told me, Dad, uh, when I grow up, I want to be a pastor. And I was like, oh, right? This is something you prepare for your whole life. And it's like, now it's there. And what do I tell him? And I couldn't say a thing. I was like, oh, really? Oh, <laughs> right? I was like, oh, this is so cool. So too, uh, same thing. Just like our kids want to follow us, uh, we are to follow Jesus, right? In his footsteps and what he did as well. So if indeed we are following the Lord, uh, it will be seen in two ways and really what we do and 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 how we act but number one it will involve walking in love walking in love notice in verse two through seven and then also number two secondly it's going to involve walking in light that's going to be in verses eight through fourteen and uh, what does it mean to be a follower of God what does it mean to uh, copy the Lord or to mimic God to do what he does well it involves walking in love right Uh, walking in love this first section really involves three things that we want to see in walking in love Uh, walking in love number one involves sacrifice notice in verse two it says and walk in love as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us an offering a and a sacrifice to God for a sweet smelling aroma so Jesus Christ, he offered himself for us on the cross, uh, but he sacrificed himself unto the Lord. Why? Because he loves us so much. That's why he did it. And guys, did Jesus Christ, did he walk in love? Yes, he clearly did it for you and me. He, he gave himself as a sacrifice. And uh, John chapter 15, verse 13, Jesus said, greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life life for his friends first john chapter 4 verse 10 uh, it says and this is love not that we loved god but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins beloved if god so loved us we also ought to love one another Uh, in romans chapter 5 verse 8 it says but god demonstrates his own love toward us and that while we were still sinners christ died for us 1 John 3.16, by this we know love because he laid down his life for us and we also ought to lay down our lives for the brethren, right? If we are followers of God and walking in love, it involves putting others first, right? That's the idea. We're to be a sacrifice 
for the brethren. And I would say during this time, right, everybody's locked in in their own homes and you can't go out unless it's essential, right? Um, I'm one of those essential, I feel essential, right? <laughs> Makes you feel like, wow. Um, anyways, uh, I think some practical things that we could be doing as a church is, um, man, go shopping for uh, those in the church, for the elderly. If you're young like me, right? Uh, go shopping for them. Do any kind of yard work right now for others, right? Your neighbors. How can you bless other people right now? If you're at the store and you see diapers, you know that there's a family at your church, uh, the church, you know, call them up and say, hey, what size does your, your, your child have, right, that they need? Buy them it. Bless them, right? If there's something you could cook, food for somebody. Uh, there's a lot of people that have lost their jobs, right? Is there extra money that you got? Maybe you can, you know, bless them or just think of ways. Pray and ask the Lord for wisdom. Uh, but I think a great thing that we should be doing is calling one another, right? Encouraging one another, but most of all, praying for one another, I think is um, is a, a beautiful thing, right? As the church, we ought to be the body, and that's what we, we're active as the body, not only just because we're, we come to church, right? We are the body, and that's what we do, and we, we got to be there for one another. Um, you know, the Bible says in Philippians chapter 2, verse 3, it says, Let nothing be done through selfish ambition, uh, Paul says, or conceits, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interest, that's exactly what the world's been conditioning us for, hasn't it? Look out for numero uno, right? <laughs> Number one, right? It's always look out for yourself. Hoard the food to yourself, right? But as a church, what are we being taught? We're being taught something totally different. It, but also for the interest of others, the Bible says, let this mind be in you, which w- was also in Christ Jesus. So if we're following the Lord, it involves sacrifice, right? And and I encourage you, if you are going to sacrifice and go out of your way to bless them, but bless the Lord first, right? Pray unto the Lord, give unto the Lord before you do it unto man, because man's going to see you, and is that your reward? You know, don't let it stop there. Let it keep going into the heavenlies, right? Do it unto the Lord uh, that you're, you're, you would be rewarded from the Lord. Uh, well, secondly, uh, walking in love also involves being thankful, being thankful. Notice in verse 3 and 4, uh, he's going to give us six negative things here that are going to result in our lives if we are not walking in love, right? And, and then he's going to give us one positive thing if we are walking in love, which I think is really great that he does that. Uh, number one, uh, these are, the, you know, part of the six things that he's going to give us, six negative things, right? Um, Number one, it involves fornication. Fornication. It says, but fornication in verse three, uh, which is the word pornography, right? So any kind of specific sexual um, anything, activity outside of your marriage, right? Of a husband and a wife, right? That's pornography. That's fornication. Number two involves uncleanness. Uncleanness. It says in all on cleanness. Um, it carries the idea of something immoral or not pure or lustful, right? Uh, number three involves covetousness. It says in verse three, or covetousness, let it 
not even be named among you as is fitting for saints. Now, covetousness is greed, right? That desire to have more. And it's never being satisfied. It's wanting what others have, right? It's all, ooh, look at that, I want it, right? It's, it's not just I want it, it's I want to take it from that person so that they don't have it, but I have it, right? That's kind of the idea there. Um, number four involves filthiness. Notice it says filthiness uh, in verse four. Uh, and this is the only time, by the way, this word is used here in the New Testament. And it means obs- obs- obscene, foul, or uh, polluted. Uh, number five, the fifth thing involves foolish talking. Notice in verse four, foolish talking. Uh, this word is only, is, it's also only used here in the New Testament, nowhere else in the New Testament. And it speaks of talking, um, you know, empty or, or thoughtless. Some people just talk for the sake of talking and it just, it's in vain, right? It's just like, do you even know what you're saying? <laughs> like, it's empty talking, right? It's senseless. Uh, Ecclesiastes, uh, Solomon talked about this. In ver- chapter five, verse three, he says in the middle, a fool's voice is known by his many words. Uh, and that is so true. Some people speak so much and there's like, ooh, ah, ooh. <laughs> they're hitting on all kinds of sin all of a sudden because they're just blurting out words. Uh, We've got to be very careful. The sixth thing involves coarse joking. In verse 4, coarse joking. So it's the only time used here in the New Testament as well. And it means off-color jokes, so sexual innuendos, you know, at, at work. or uh, They're just not edifying. They're not fitting. They don't build each other up. In fact, they tear people down. It, it goes along the lines of slander, right? Where you're, you're, you're down-talking somebody's reputation. Um, it's just, it's not good in general. It's not fitting, right? And so understand the thought here. If we're not walking in love, then we're not thankful. That's the idea, right? We're not going to be thankful. And if we're not be- thankful, these are things that will manifest themselves in our life. And we got to be very, very careful. Um, and, and this happens if you're not thankful. In other words, you're, you're not going to be content, right? God is not your shepherd, right? Your, your father. Uh, Psalm 23, the Lord is my um, shepherd. I shall not want. It won't be in want. Why? Because he's got you. In other words, you're going to be content. So if God is your father, if you're content with him, you're going to be content with everything else, right? But if you're not content, you're not going to be thankful. And now you're falling into these categories and you're wondering why. You're shaking your head and right, what's going on? How come I'm stuck in this area? Well, give up. <laughs> give up and give in to Jesus, right? Let the word consume your heart and allow him to be your restoration and bring you back, right? Uh, from from turning away from him. And so um, let's go on here. In contrast to those uh, negative things, those six negative things, Paul's going to give us one positive thing, which is a, ah, right? It's a good thing. Um, So one positive thing about being thankful in verse four, look at the end of verse four, it says, but rather giving of thanks, right? So if we're True followers of God, that means that we're walking in his steps. We're walking in his direction, right? And if we're walking in love, it's going to be evident uh, if we are thankful, right? So guys, during this situation, we ought to be 
thankful for the Lord, you know, being our shepherd, that he's going to provide for us. He's going to watch over us. He's going to um, lead us and guide us, right? He knows what he's doing with us. And we're called to be thankful in the midst of this situation. And don't let your heart complain. Don't let your heart fall apart, right? Rather choose to occupy this time in giving thanks to the Lord. I think that's a wise thing to do. Um, We're to turn our eyes upon Jesus, Right, Just like the old hymn, I was just singing the song today. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. I love that song. Um, so there's two things specifically about giving thanks that we should understand. Uh, number one, it understand it involves the will of God. It understand. It involves the will of God. Uh, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, in verse 16, it says, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, in everything give thanks, in everything, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. So we're not to just give thanks to God for some things, right? But in what? What did it just say? In all things, right? We're to give thanks, right? But we're, we're not... We are not thankful for God, um, you know, for the situation necessarily, but we are thankful to the the Lord in the situation, right, that we're in. Did did you guys know that in everything you go through in life, by the way, it's, it's for our sakes. Did you guys know that? Whatever we're going through, it's for us. That's why that that does not excite us at all, right? If you're like me, I'm like, okay, that's that's great. <laughs> but the great thing is coming up right now. We we have the tendency, you know, to put things in in category good or category bad, but we ought to be putting things in category God, right? Everything we ought to look through the lens of the Word of God and see it as God's doing this thing, right? God is either allowing it to happen or He's making it happen. He's either, either making it happen or is He allowing it? to happen so now whatever's going on in my life I know you know whether it be spiritually emotionally physically you name it right whatever it might be you're going through now I can turn to God and say Lord thank you thank you because I know you're in in complete control you're in charge you're God (laughs) you know what's going on and 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 uh, but I realize that this is coming from you for my sake, right? That's the, that's kind of the heart. That's kind of the idea. In Ephesians, Paul says to the the, uh, the to the Ephesians in chapter one, verse eleven, he says, "In him also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of him." But notice it says, "Of him who works all things according to the counsel." of his will. He's working all things. Guys, during this situation, he's going to work it because it's according to his counsel, his will, right? We know Romans 8, 28, where all things work together for good to those who love God and are called by the Lord, right? And and that, that's a beautiful thing. The second thing we should understand in giving thanks to God uh, really involves God's grace. I could be here all night, but I'm not going to. I'll give you guys one or two examples here. But 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 15, it says, For all things are for your sakes, that grace, having spread through the many, may cause thanksgiving to abound to the glory of God. So understand all that we go through in our life 
is for our sakes, right? The reason is so that grace may spread and cause thanksgiving to occur in our hearts that we might glorify God in the end. That's the beautiful thing. Why are we allowing, why is God allowing us to go through this? Well, number one, it's for your sake. Number two, it's that grace may abound, right? But number three, it's that God may be glorified in this situation, right? Uh, I, I think, you know, why, why did God allow that person, you know, that baby or, you know, whatever the situation may be, but guess who gets saved? What family members in that, that office, right, in that room? And, and, and who comes to the funeral? How many people came to the Lord because of that, right? So what looks like a tragedy in our eyes is a, it's, a, it's a terrific thing in God's eyes, right? But he thinks differently. Uh, he does, we don't think like God, and we ought to, right? That's why we ought to stay in the word. And, and there's some kind of peace and security that it's not the peace and security of the world, but it's, it's that confidence that comes in our hearts from the Lord as we're in the word, right? We begin to be steadfast because of God's word. And we see things differently. Like Elijah, right? Praying for his servant. His servant sees, he's whoa! <laughs> we ought to see like that, right? See beyond the situation, but that could only happen if we're in the word. Um, so we, we said there are three things involved in this first section uh, dealing with uh, walking in love. The first thing involved being a sacrifice in verses 1 and 2. Uh, the second involved being thankful in verses 3 and 4. Now the third thing involves being set apart. Being set apart in verses 5 through 7. In verse 5 it says, For this you know, that no fornicator, unclean person, or covetous man who is an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore do not be partakers with them. Guys, if we're truly following God and walking in love, we are not going to partake with the unbelievers and the things that they do. We're, we're going to walk differently than them, right? If, we're, if we don't walk differently than them, then we have no inheritance. Think about it. You have been born again onto an inheritance with Christ from no inheritance. So stay away from those that don't have an inheritance. Stay with those that have an inheritance is the idea here. We're to be set apart, which means what? Consecrated. The Bible says in uh, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 6, um, verse 17, Paul says, Come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. Do not touch what is unclean, and I will receive you. Uh, on our free time, we don't choose to fellowship with non-believers, right? We don't go on vacation with them. Um, we when we're with them, they are our mission field, right? We want to lead them to Christ, but it's not we're not fellowshipping with them. We're on a mission. Right, you have a different mindset. Different, everything's different when you're with them. Um, and and Paul talked about not being deceived by empty words in verse six. Did you guys catch that? A lot of people are being deceived and thinking, you know, they can live their lives any way they want to live, and and they think they're gonna, you know, 
continue in this lifestyle of sin and still think that they're going to go to heaven, and that's not the case. Paul just made it very clear that you will not inherit the kingdom of heaven. It's very, very scary. There's a lot of false teachers out there. Um, right now, when I was just reading, I was thinking of, um, oh, what's her name? Paula White, um, you know, with the White House advisor and all that. But her and her husband, they watch pornography when they're with each other in bed. And she encourages the whole church to do the same thing, right? But the Bible says, if you do such a thing, you're not going to inherit the kingdom of God. Does that sound biblical? Think about the advice that these people are giving the church, right? And people are buying these books and they're absorbing this stuff because it's feeding the flesh. It's tickling the ears, right? And uh, But teaching like this... Turn to Galatians chapter 5, please. Galatians, about two, three pages to your left. Uh, and once you give your, your life to Jesus, there ought to be a change. There, there ought to be a transformation that happens in your life, right? And, and we're, we're being changed from glory to glory. And, and now we should walk in love, being set apart from those who have no inheritance. So Galatians chapter 5, look at verse 19. Galatians 5, verse 19. Now the works of the flesh are evidence, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outburst of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries and the like so if you think oh i'm not part of this list but you you you're just you do something similar and it says and the like right which fills in the rest of that gap of which i tell you beforehand just as i also told you in time past that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of god Right? This is not speaking about when we fall short of God's glory, you know, in, in a simple little, you know, we make a little mistake um, and, and we slip a little. It's speaking about those who are practicing a continual lifestyle of sin, right? The Bible would say that you're deceiving yourself and hey, you're not going to go to heaven. In fact, turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Go to your left. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Uh, you know, the church of Corinth was warned about this exact same matter. Uh, Paul warned the church of Corinth here. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, look at verse 9. And that's probably the beautiful thing about being online. You get to see the references. But you still need your Bible if you're in Ephesians, right? I'm not showing that. It says in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9, it says, Do you not know that uh, the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God. Do not be deceived. Neither fornicators, idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor rival rivalers, nor extortioners, will inherit the kingdom of God. Guys, the, the fight for your soul in getting to heaven is a serious issue. Can you guys, you guys catch that? Don't be deceived in thinking that we can live our lives any way we choose to live our lives, right? And still think you're going to go to gain entrance into the kingdom of heaven, right? Why? Well, look, I lived the whole compromising life, Lord. I know. I just, you know, I did all this. I, I, I ran after my, the pleasures of the world, and I was deceived by the enemy, 
but God warned you, he commanded you not to be deceived. Well, what what do you got to do? Well, be vigilant. Be watchful when you see these things happening, right? We're living in that day to day. We ought to be serious with one another uh, in exposing these things and revealing these things to the church. That deception is from the enemy, right? What, What does the enemy desire for you and me? Desires for us to go to hell, Right, that's his desire, and he's he's doing a great job with many people. Uh, but we ought to be taking a a, a stand, right? Stand in the gap for each other, for the sake of, of those that are 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 following this deception. Well, let, let's come to the next section here. Not only will we be walking in love, but secondly, if we are followers of Christ. We will be walking in light. So we talked about walking in love. Second section is talking about walking in light. In verse 8 through 14, uh, look at verse 8. It says, For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. Before we got saved, guys, we were walking in darkness. In fact, what we just read right here, the Bible says you were darkness. You weren't just walking it, you were darkness, right? When we repented of our sins and allowed Christ to be our Lord and Savior over our lives, uh, he, is, he is our light, right? He lit up our lives. He revealed things to us that we didn't realize. He, he took those blinders. Now we can actually see because the light was turned on. Uh, Jesus says in John 8, 12, uh, he says, Then Jesus spoke to them again, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. Because of the light of Jesus in us, he shines through us, right? So that we can now walk as children of light. And it's a beautiful thing. You know, the world should see the difference in us. And if that's the case, Paul gives us five things uh, about walking in the light, right? Number one involves bearing fruit, bearing fruit. Go back to Ephesians, by the way. I'm still way over back there. Ephesians chapter five, verse nine. Uh, number one involves bearing fruit. It says, for the fruit of the spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. So the Holy Spirit is dwelling inside of us, bearing these things in our lives that we should be, these things should be evident, right? What things? Well, goodness, righteousness, and truth. And the fruit of the Spirit is love. You got, we could go through the whole thing on the fruit of the Spirit, um, but it, it, it's love, right? Uh, there's only one fruit of the Spirit, and that is that's singular, right? So the other eight, uh, that follow, those are the adjectives in the Greek, right? They follow alongside what love is. Joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, um, self-control. Um, they describe really what the, the byproduct of what love is, right? Because the, the, of what the Spirit is, and so which is love. In verse 9, it says, The fruit of the Spirit is in all. So to the fullness, to the brim, and all of what goodness is, righteousness is, and what truth is. The fruit of the Spirit is in every single one of those, right? So when we're walking in light, there will naturally be uh, good 
fruit produced in us. And that is love, right? That's the love that we're talking about. Love will come out of everything that we do. Uh, it'll come out of our walk, right? The, our love it even comes out of our speech, right? And so understand that this, uh, about the fruit of the Spirit, it's just that, right? The fruit of the Spirit. It's not the fruit of Josh, because <laughs> the other eight adjectives will be, ugh, yuck, ugh, sin, ugh, oh, ugh, oh. <laughs> that's if it was the fruit of Josh, right? But it's the fruit of the spirits, right? And that's exactly what it is. So the point is, it's all a work of the spirit. It's not a work of us, right? It's, it's, it's not something we strive at or push forward to. Fruit, what does it do? It just abides on the vine. It just hangs in there, right? And even though the wind comes and pushes, it just hangs in, right? It hangs on. And, and that's what we're called to do. Jesus said in John 15, verse 5, he says, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. Amen to that, right? Amen. Oh, Secondly, let's come to the second thing here. When you walk in light, it involves proving what is acceptable. Proving what's acceptable. In verse 10, it says, finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. This word acceptable means well-pleasing. And, and uh, the thought is, if we are truly walking in the light, we're proving or validating in our life uh, what is pleasing to the Lord. And it speaks of Really, our actions, it speaks of our attitudes, right? And how do you act in situations or react in situations, I should say? Um, you know, the Bible does say in uh, Matthew five sixteen, let your light so shine before men that what? That they may see, so physically, they're going to see your good works and glorify God your Father who is in heaven, right? So people are watching how you and I respond. What's your attitude? What's your, 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 your work ethic, right? Because they're watching. And if you're just like them, well, they're not going to listen to a thing you say. But if you are shining your light, in other words, you're working onto the Lord, you're not working onto man's performance, you're working onto God's, right? Onto the Lord, which is above man's performance. And, and now what is happening? They're seeing your attitude. They're seeing when you hit the wrench and your hand goes, gets hit and you're like, ah! Right? They're all, oh, oh, oh. Oh, mm, okay, right? They're, they're watching, right? It's amazing how they see that stuff. Um, number three, let's keep going here. When you walk in light, it involves breaking fellowship with darkness. Breaking fellowship with darkness in verse 11. It says, and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. So, in other words, don't go camping with them. Don't go fishing with them, right? In fact, turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 6. 2 Corinthians chapter 6. If we're walking in light, we'll we'll be breaking fellowship with those who walk in darkness. Now, this is a good thing. If you're walking in the light, you're, you're going to desire to be around those who walk in the light as well, right? You're going to want to fellowship with them. You want to go out with them. You want to go fishing and camping and all that stuff with them. Why? Because they are believers. There's something about that light that's attractive to even us. Even though we have it, we're still attracted to it. Isn't that true? But with darkness, we're not to be with them. And, and the Bible makes it very clear. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14. It says, 
Paul says to the church of Corinth, do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness? And what communion has light with darkness? And what accord has Christ with Belial? Or what part has a believer with a non-believer? And what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them and walk among them. I will be their God and they shall be my people. Therefore come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. Do not touch what is unclean. That's pretty fitting for this week, right? Do not touch what is unclean. Uh, Wash your hands and I will receive you. I will be a father to you and you shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. In fact, turn to 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 5. Um, It says in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, uh, look at verse 9. It says, I I wrote to you in my epistle not to keep company with sexual immoral people. Yet I certainly did not mean with the sexually immoral people of this world or with the covetous or extortioners or idolaters. Since then you would need to go out of this world, right, of the world. But now I have written to you not to keep company with anyone named a brother, who is sexually immoral. But obviously, guys, we can't be separate from those those who are in the world. We ought to be around them, right? Because we, we're giving the gospel to them, right? We're bringing a light to the world. But those who say they're a brother in Christ, right, that they're a believer, uh, it says, but now... Um, I have written to you not to keep company with anyone named a brother who is sexually immoral or covetous or an idolater or a reviler or a drunkard or an extortioner, not even to eat with such a person. For what have I to do with judging those also who are outside? So the world, we don't, we don't judge the world, right? They're, they're already judged before the Lord. Do you not judge those who are inside? Yes, we do. But those who are outside, God judges them. Therefore, put away from among yourselves the evil person, right? In 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, uh, verse 14, it says, and if anyone does not obey our word in this epistle, note that person and do not keep company with him, that he may be ashamed. In Second Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 6, it says, but we command you, brethren, in, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you withdraw from every brother who walks disorderly and not according to the tradition which he received from us. Okay, I'll stop. I think, I think you guys get the picture here, right? We can go all night, just keep going and going and going about withdrawing, staying away from, right, fleeing from. Um, if we are walking in the light, it's important that we break fellowship with the world, that we work with them, but don't go on vacation with them. There's a huge difference there, right? So back to Ephesians chapter 5, um, Ephesians chapter 5, walking in light involves exposing darkness. In verse 11, this is number 4, walking in the light involves exposing the darkness. In verse 11, in the middle here, all the way to verse 13, it says, But rather expose them, for it is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. But all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light. 
for whatever man, or I'm sorry, for whatever uh, makes manifest is light. So light, speaking of light, it naturally exposes darkness. And as you grow in your walk with the Lord, just your, your walk with the Lord ex- itself, it, it, what does it do? It, it exposes darkness, right, with those around you. And, and people are convicted just by being around you. It's like they're like, oh, right? And you don't even know it, but they're like, oh, what's going on? Well, it's the Lord doing the work, and you have no clue, right? You're just being who you are. You're like, hey, guys, I'm having some ice cream. Want some ice cream? They're like, ugh, right? What's wrong with you, right? But it's the the Lord doing a work through you, and you have it's amazing how that works. I don't know how it does, but you, you're to take a stand against unrighteousness as well. So don't just you know not say anything. Obviously, you know we got to take a stand and, and uh, call things out as it is, but do it in a loving way too. If you do that in that sense, but number five. Uh, let's end with number five. Walking in light involves receiving the light. It involves receiving the light in verse 14. It says, therefore, he says, awake you who sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. So in the world, it doesn't matter how good you are. The Bible says that you are in darkness and you are darkness. You, it, God is upset with you. Uh, because you're in the world, because you rejected Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior over your life. But the good news is that through Jesus Christ, you can come out of the darkness and into the light uh, and, and, and really question your heart. Are you a child of God? Right? Are, are you a child of God? And I would just encourage you guys, pray with me. If, you're, if, if the Lord is speaking to your heart, if you're convicted um, of the Holy Spirit about these things, of this list, right? And you're like, oh, that's me. Um, you know what? Let, that's what we're here for, right? We're here to pray for one another. We're here to build each other up. We're not here to tear each other down. And so if you're watching online, um, pray wherever you are with me. And, and uh, let's, let's just pray right now. Jesus, uh, we, we ask that you, Father, would, would, would uh, continue to reveal to us who you are. And we believe, Jesus, that you died on the cross for our sins. And Lord, we want to turn away from those things. We want to uh, look to you, but we ask that you come into our hearts, that you change our lives, Lord. You expose those things and rid those things from our lives. Uh, give us your grace, Lord, that we might uh, be empowered to do the things you called us to do. And uh, I thank you, Lord, and, and, and we realize that you rose again the third day and that same power that you rose uh, with, Lord, is the same power that we can have. And so I pray, Lord, that you would empower us. Uh, Lord, that you, through your spirit, would strengthen us. Uh, help us to know you. We pray, uh, Jesus, that your blood uh, that was shed for us on the cross, Lord, would be uh, to our account, Lord. As you look at our account, as you look at the record of all the sin that we've done, Father, we, we ask that your blood would be applied to our account, Lord, that we, you would see your righteousness and not ours, Lord. Um, I pray, Jesus, that you would just continue to have mercy upon our hearts. Um, as we turn from our, our wicked ways, uh, help us to repent, Father. Give us that grace that we need to repent of the things that we, we know we should turn from. And we pray, Jesus, that you would, um, you would be delighted in our lives, Lord, that we wouldn't turn from these things for the sake of getting to heaven and being fearful of, of not 
you know, of going to hell, but rather help us to turn from these things because we see love, Lord, and we desire that love. We desire you. We want a relationship with you. And so uh, come into our lives, change our lives, Lord, uh, and allow us to see your word in a new light, Lord, that we've never seen before. Reveal to us uh, the things that you want to speak to us in this time. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Day and that same power that you rose uh, with, Lord, is the same power that we can have. And so I pray, Lord, that you would empower us. Uh, Lord, that you, through your spirit, would strengthen us. Uh, help us to know you. We pray, uh, Jesus, that your blood uh, that was shed for us on the cross, Lord, would be uh, to our account, Lord. As you look at our account, as you look at the record of all the sin that we've done, Father, we, we ask that your blood would be applied to our account, Lord, that you would see your righteousness and not ours, Lord. Um, I pray, Jesus, that you would just continue to have mercy upon our hearts. Um, as we turn from our, our wicked ways, uh, help us to repent, Father. Give us that grace that we need to repent of the things that we, we know we should turn from. And we pray, Jesus, that you would, um, you would be delighted in our lives, Lord, that we wouldn't turn from these things for the sake of getting to heaven and being fearful of, of not you know, of going to hell, but rather uh, help us to turn from these things because we see love, Lord, and we desire that love. We desire you. We want a relationship with you. And so uh, come into our lives, change our lives, Lord, uh, and allow us to see your word in a new light, Lord, that we've never seen before. Reveal to us uh, the things that you want to speak to us in this time. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.